Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kerry Kermood. Last week I went along to the annual Christmas Prime Stock Show at Isle of Man Meats. And I also popped along on Saturday to the Honey Show in St John's. And it's coming to the end of Melia season. I went along to speak to one of the people who've been involved in auctioneering for many years at A United Football Club. Well, Kerry, first of all... Uh, Bit of a change in the weather, bit of couth out, so uh, obviously people with livestock are going to be a little bit wary. It's getting to that worrying time for them, is it? This is it. It's gone very cold, and as you see, the countryside has sort of changed from a shade of lovely uh, rich green to quite a white, hazy colour there now, and a lot more tractors will be about now feeding cattle outside or even bringing livestock indoors, so there'll be maybe some mud on the road in the next few weeks coming as that transition happens. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, people moan, but there's much you can do is the the tractors are in and out they've got to get feed into them and a lot of a lot of the time it's the only way they can do it absolutely here on the island it's not so bad that you know the people in the countryside are very good to cooperate and understand that uh, it is a livestock island after all but uh, it's very important that the cattle get fed this time of year the demands from the cold weather um will be quite high but uh, many now have got the, the new sheds put up this last sort of 10 20 years because the winters are quite wet now so to, to save the mud trail and out on the roads but like you say some of the stuff still being taken in from the fields well we heard on last week's program Kerry very interesting it was indeed uh, the first day of the livestock show that's right, the uh, Christmas Prime Stock Show always a really, really nice event at this time of year, held there at Nokalo by the Southern District Agricultural Show. And the second part of the show is held at Isle of Man Meets on a Thursday afternoon, and I popped along to see who the winners were this week. Well, Trevor Quirk, congratulations again, yet another winner. How do you feel? Um, yeah, <laughs> happy. <laughs> <laughs> but some work has gone into it this year, Trevor. You had plenty of cattle there at, at Nokalo for the competition this year? Uh, yeah, it's the first time I put halters on them. Um, it was uh, challenging, but I got there in the end. <laughs> well, the success from Monday shone through again tonight at Isle of Man Meets, coming away with champion and reserve. That's no mean feat. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know what to say, really. Just, <laughs> yeah, just really happy. What, what genetics were these that came through this time? Because obviously you're doing something right. Um, yeah, I've got I've got a good commercial cow, um, and then I'm running a Limerson Blue on some of them, and some of them are uh, artificially inseminated to Belgian Blue. Um, the champion today was off my own Limerson Blue bull. Brilliant, yeah. And that must be quite special—a homebred one. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he is a good bull. It's probably probably the best bull I've ever had, but um, hopefully I'll have more as well in the future because he won't live forever. <laughs> well, this is the thing, isn't it? It's only a short period in time, but like you say, you like good cattle, you like good sheep. This is something you just do every day of your life. Yeah, this is what I was born into, so I don't know anything else. So. This is it. But what's it feel like having the whole family here tonight, receiving all of these trophies? Hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> it's cute. But what work goes into getting them cattle to where they are? Because obviously, you know, it's all well and good raising a beast, but you've got to get it fat, ready for, for market. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of work goes into getting cattle ready. Um, a lot of work goes into fattening the cattle, getting the timings right, um, the, the diets right. Um, we've got lots of different shapes and sizes at home, and they're all on different rations to try and even out their growth. Um, we, 
the continental breeds are on a, a lower protein than the um, native breeds. Um, so yeah, we sort of manage it that way and jiggle things about and we get there. Yeah. And do you rather the continental cattle over the native types? Yeah, um, I breed Salers at home, but I love some, uh, Limersons. <laughs> That's my passion. Yeah, this is it. But obviously coming away with this here now, Trevor, you're doing it right, like I say. So do you do anything in the summer shows? No, I, no, it's too much work. <laughs> <laughs> too much work, considering you had five cattle there the other night, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but yeah, it's just the wrong time of year in the summer. That's the problem. This is it. But, well, a huge congratulations. Well done, Trevor. Thank you. Well, Katie Watterson, I caught up with you in the first part of the show. A champion, and again tonight, another champion. That is a huge success. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. And how does it feel? Great. To double win, double champion. It's just awesome. And a big well done to everyone as well. This is it, isn't it? And, and plus, your own team, they're all here tonight supporting all smiles all around. Yeah. Um, my uncle Rob, my nana, Jake, my cousin Abby and granddad has been in on it as well. He's taught me for the past two months how to do everything. And like you say, Alan Rothwell, we all know him, a true stockman and no stranger of huge success, especially in the summer shows. And, and now this last three years, I think you've been the champions, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's been great. I've loved it. I've loved coming. I've been to every single one. It's been great. It's been a huge success as well. I'm there tonight standing in the fridges looking at all of the other competition around you and yours there with the biggest rosettes on. That just must be the icing on a cake after, was it 12, 14 weeks worth of work? Yeah, um, yeah we were looking after them, we were trimming them, we were keeping them on a diet, weighing them. Everything's just been hard work. And a big thanks to my granddad as well, because he's just been a star. He really, really has. Well, that is the ice on the cake. You've got arms full of trophies there now, Katie. And there's some polishing this summer. <laughs> yeah. Keep them shiny. Well, Jake Fair, congratulations. Young Farmers Champion. Uh, a two-part process this year. Yeah, two parts. So we do the live on the Monday at the Mart, and then the carcasses here on the, on the Thursday. You enjoy the judging? Yeah, it's probably one of the best bits of young farmers, in my opinion. I like getting out on farm and um, seeing what stock's out and about and just judging them generally. And tonight, the uh, judge's comment there must have been something special, you know, to have the cattle the right way around in the class, but to get 100%, that was brilliant. Yeah, um, I only started doing the carcasses last year, so to win it in the second year is quite, quite nice. It's not something I ever thought I'd do amazingly in, so... No, absolutely huge. Congratulations there, Jake. But also uh, other successes you've been involved with, the Rothwell family that have done the double this year again uh, with their Beltex lambs, and you've been at home helping with them. Yeah, so uh, Alan's been a, a great person to learn from this year. Um, I was down helping trimming the lambs, didn't finish them off, and it was just a rough one for me, but it was brilliant to learn, and um, yeah, he's been amazing to learn off for the shows. But those skills passed down from a stockman like that is a born winner, and um, you know, it's, it's a stiff learning curve for you. Yeah, definitely, there was a lot of pressure, um, not wanting to ruin anything, and, and being allowed to do it in the first place was amazing, so yeah. But to see the family smiling there tonight, it's a lot of months of work goes into these stock. Yeah, so he's, he's looking at them as, as baby lambs, wondering if they're going to be ready for the prime stock show and what he's going to be picking out so it's not a short process and it's really good to see them doing well in it too yeah. so yeah um, like KD Watson there going home tonight with silverware you two jingling away that is one huge trophy some great names on there Jake yeah definitely following in some good people's footsteps some good stockmen on there so very happy
There we go, some uh, champions again from Katie Watterson, the Rothwell family there from Foxdale, taking the champion uh, pair of lambs and also the single lamb, followed in reserve place by Sarah Cooley from Balasala. The champion and reserve beef champion went to Trevor Quirk from their farm there out on the Peel Coast Road. And uh, Jake Fair from the Southern Young Farmers uh, took first in the Young Farmers Stock Judging with Hannah Moore second and Nathan Meal in third and the junior winner Kaylee Devereux taking that honours and a fantastic event held by Isle of Man Meats uh, bringing a judge over from the UK with Adrian Crow from the Meat and Livestock Commission giving some really, really good feedback on the stock. Yes, great to hear that and still as popular as ever and it, you can tell by Trevor, you know, how overwhelmed he was by by how much it means winning things like that. This it? is it there. They're humble people just getting on with what they do day in, day out on the farm. A, a true farmer there. With It was lovely seeing him with the two children and wife Anna uh, in the Isle of Man Meats and so proud with the silverware. But what a lineup of uh, top end stock there was. And like Adrian says there, some of that stock would ha- stand up anywhere in the UK in their competitions. Well, we've had plenty of Melias around the Isle of Man over the recent months and uh, still seem to be as popular as ever uh, with the likes of Boosh Karoosh, Michael Taggart, Michael Kelly now joining the gang, uh, auctioneering them and some have been doing it for many, many years. Well, I popped along to A United Football Clubhouse on Saturday evening where they were holding their Melia and uh, Michael Taggart was on the mic with Michael Kelly and also I spoke to Stephen Easthope from A United. Firstly, Michael, it's uh, coming to the end of the season now, but no less enthusiastic crowds. Yeah, still at it, Simon. Yeah, there's a few Melias still to do at the minute. We're uh, here at the Air United Melia. Uh, we've been doing it for oh, a few years now. Um, I think it was 2008 we came here, but we were doing it at the Grosvenor pub before that. Uh, it'll be a toss-up between the Air United team or Northern Young Farmers, who got their uh, Melia in first. Now it's uh, it's not just here you do yourself, Bruce Cruise, Michael Kelly that we we all sort of go round in the gang here and you all got your your patches, but uh, occasionally you all get together. Yeah, we try to because it makes it a long night if you're selling all night yourself. Um, I feel sorry for Peter Quayle when he's got to sell all them cattle at the marts. <laughs> But uh, when we come to do the um, Melia's of, of uh, a pub, it can get so loud and you just get tired, you know, and trying to remember who's bidding on what. And yeah, and it spreads it around. And it's better for the people as well because they're not listening to one person droning on all night. <laughs> You're getting, the, uh, you're getting <laughs> a bit of assistance with the feet, uh, yeah. with, with your patterns sort of fitting in nicely. Yeah, well, yeah we're, we're away with it now. Yeah, they're, they're getting a few bit, few sherbets on board. And as I said, Air United here, they had a good, a good win today over Colby. Not that we're rubbing it in on them. So. Uh, 4-3, I think the score was at the final score, so they're doing a bit of celebrating. Yeah, but the, the season itself uh, for Melliers, I mean, has it, has it gone as well as ever? Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, there's a lot of money being raised. I probably think that uh, the Melliers overall have probably raised, on average, sort of 3,000 at each Mellier, certainly. I've uh, done a lot of Melliers. I was with, uh, at the Royal, uh, the railway in Col- uh, Union Mills, they had a Melia for hospice, and it's through Marty Downey and all, and uh, that was, I think, 8,000, if I... Really? Comes to mind. Yeah. One night. One night, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, 
but a lot of the Melias, as I said, three, four thousand, no problem. Did one for Anne Crane in Ramsey for Ronald McDonald House. That was over four thousand, nearly five thousand, as far as I know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Pl plenty of items always uh, for auction, and some. Some rare and bizarre ones today. A few draining rods have gone there, <laughs> and, and bits and pieces. The the A United hats uh, yeah, and a wig, which uh, unfortunately I was well outbid for that one. <laughs> yeah, you didn't stick in on that, Simon. I was thinking that we're cold dice. You could get a hot cold without a hat, a wig, and a hat. But uh, yeah, you go to a lot of the Melias, and we always have the Bonnigs. They always sell well. But you get all sorts of things to sell at Amelia. As I said, you just said, a set of drain rods, we try and sell them, have a bit of fun. I can't tell you how I was describing them on the on the radio <laughs> with it being at prime time, but yeah, it could get, it gets a bit crude at times. Well, not crude, it's how you see it. You're still enjoying it though? Oh yeah, great fun. Yeah. Well, of course, Michael Kelly, you're probably not done as many Amelias as uh, Boosh and, and Taggart here, but... Uh, <coughs> enjoy doing it obviously yeah yeah it's all good fun I think I enjoy every one I do I'm uh, not quite as uh, clued up as Michael and Bush is on it but no it's good night it's good fun but it's all experiences and, and confidence the more you do I know I've done a few Melias in the years but uh, finding the time to do it but it, people people do sort of get to know who's selling what they can understand you some are going what's Michael selling there and some are going well it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of them. Yeah, it's good for your confidence and uh, yeah, it's a, they're good nights to be fair. Good yeah, yeah, good well, teachers. Yeah, good teachers. I got over to Bush and especially Michael Taggarty as well. And you sort of get used to to how much a Bonnigle raise, how much a bag of spuds will raise, or does it vary from Melia to Melia? Um, they sort of yeah, they do vary a bit, but not there's not much in it. I think they um the old Bonnigle always sells well. To be fair. What's the what's the sort of most um, exhilarating thing that you've had to sell or the one that gave you most satisfaction? Oh, good question. Good question. <laughs> you sell that much, I couldn't remember, to be honest. Uh, yeah. No no combine harvesters or second-hand tractors that farmers are sick of. <laughs> no, nothing like that, nothing like that. But you're doing a good job and raising lots of money, so well done. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. Well, let's get a word with Stephen East. Hope you're one of the directors here at A United. Uh, I was here a month or so ago for the race night, which was a cracking night. Great support. Um, even when you weren't top of the league, now you are, still got that support here. We've always had great support here, Simon. Um, you know, we're, we're a country club um, and, you know, we have these fundraising events and they are always successful, they're very well supported. And uh, this Melia tonight is just a, a, an example of, of a gathering and it's great fun. Yeah, well, I played... A United used to come to the training when I was a young fella, cycle all the way from Derby, wouldn't get a lift when they first had the yeah. floodlights put in yeah, on the yeah. training pitch, the under-14s, but uh, didn't play much after that. But it's it brings back a lot of memories and the, the new addition to the clubhouse here, how it changed, it's, it's a perfect room for events like this as well. Well, you know, I've been involved in the football club since I was a, a teenager and I'm seeing the youth coming through year after year after year and it's it just goes on and on and um it's 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 just great for this community and this the setting in andreas is always a nice one isn't it when you 
I suppose we're so used to it, but clubs even coming from, from further afield always say it's a it's a lovely atmosphere when you come down to A United. Great support still. Even the people that played 30 or 40 years ago are still coming down to support. Well, exactly. I'm one of them, you know. Um, I'm still involved with Maybe the not 30 or 40, Stephen. Well, maybe you? not as far. No, no well, it feels like it sometimes, Simon. Believe me. Um, but... But yes, it's, it's, it's a friendly club and I think we've always had that reputation. We've always welcomed those from all over the island and, and um, yeah, long may it continue. I'm sure it will. Yeah, and the, the one thing about the club that we should mention as well, uh, over the years when we were there, there was the, the same sort of ladies that were doing the tea and the soup. You've got a good crowd of uh, women behind you as well. Yeah, it's, you know, we, we, the girls, like you mentioned, they've been involved for, for a long, long time and, you know, Lee, my my partner, she's the secretary. She's a treasurer. She helps. She's behind the bar tonight. She makes the teas at half time during the, the football, and she's been involved in an awful long time. And it does take up a lot of her time running the club as well, you know. And it, it's it's she enjoys it. I support her, and it's it's good. Well, long may yeah, you know, continue. Been yeah. going a long time now, easy. A long, long time, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I would just like to say. That, the, the Melia tonight that we're having is is a success mainly down to Michael Taggart, Michael Kelly who's come on board recently and it's the reason why everybody comes together for this great night and it's one of our main fundraising events of the year and again it's uh, long may that continue. Stephen Easty Eastope from A United, one of the directors, uh, also Michael Kelly, uh, one of the auctioneers, and Michael Taggart, uh, the auctioneer, on the night for the A United one. And just praising on the night because, uh, you know, a really good crowd that was at A United. You could tell by the way they were talking there, you know, the enthusiasm there, the crazy bidding that they're <laughs> raising money for the charities and their own club, of course. And Michael there reiterating the fact you don't need to buy most of your things on computers and things like that. There's loads and loads of stuff available on the Isle of Man which we should support and so it was great to hear that. There really is some absolutely fantastic local produce outlets whether they be farm shops or even Melia's like they say. The donations that people give in are just fantastic homemade cakes, jams you name it vouchers for the here there and everywhere but the boys giving up their evenings to go around the island being the auctioneer you know they must be absolutely hoarse after some of those events <laughs> shouting over all the people they sort of are unsung heroes but many 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 thousands of pounds uh, raised for local charities during that event so uh, well done to everyone involved in that and i was even outbid for the wig oh no <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, there was a bit of honey uh, on offer at the Melia, but uh, you've seen a lot more of it than I did. I certainly did, Simon, there in St John's Hall at the 72nd Annual Beekeepers Convention and Exhibition Show. And what a fantastic array. And I caught up with Gary and Susan Cluett during their judging on the night. Well, Gary Cluett, you have the hardest job in the room. I know your dear wife is doing a great job of her section, but all of these jars of honey, they all need testing. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the annual assault on my taste buds. Oh, um, wow. No, actually, it's, it's not that bad. There's some very good entries um, and some interesting varieties. Um, and uh, it's good to see there are actually more entries. I think 
they said there might be more entries than we've ever had, but it's certainly more than last year. That is um, absolutely fantastic. Credit to everybody. Yeah. It yeah, really is. Yeah. And so far, I know you, you, you're down to class number 10 here now. Um, some of those jars look absolutely wonderful. The one that really has just taken my eye is the uh, rich, creamy-looking one. It looks a bit different. I believe that's rapeseed. Is it? Yes. Ah, okay. So that certainly changed the colour yes. and texture. Yeah, typically it's, it's that colour, but it's a very, very smooth, very, very tiny little crystals. And so it's very smooth and yeah. very pleasant. And so far, do you have a favourite? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> and <laughs> would tell you if I did. <laughs> and would you, would you know when there's an ultimate one that just tastes a little bit different from all of the others? Yes. It stands out? Yes. Yeah. Generally, it comes, it'll come down to maybe two, possibly three. I think last year it was actually, there was no brainer. It was one. Really? Yeah. A standout yeah. winner, mm. yeah. Which is, which, is, which is always interesting because... They're very similar in a lot of respects. There's not huge differences. And I guess the Isle of Man's only a small place, so you'd well, wonder a, how they could vary too that's, much. That's wouldn't right. You? Yeah, they, 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 you know, there's a sort of fairly limited physical area with much the same forage. So many of the bees are sipping the same nectar. Um, so you'd expect them to be somewhat similar. But things like clarity, you know, how clear the honey is. Um, you know, some honeys you can see. Are, a lot fresher. Some of some have sat in the comb for much longer, so they go. They tend to go a bit darker. Although colour is not reflective on the length thing, it's colours depends again what what they're yeah. what yeah. they're foraging on. Yeah. Um, so, and going on further into the classes, you you have an, three or four jars. They've all got to be the same from one entrant. Mm -hmm. Now, can they still vary, even though they look quite similar? They're not supposed to. Um, no. And I will. Generally, I'm not going to test all three, taste all three. Um, if they look exactly the same, in basically the same color, same clarity and things like that, then it's sort of a moot point. Um, but every now and then you come across ones where you've got a couple of jars and they are quite different. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, this next step, this next class, you'll see this is from the same, the same apiary, but it's three different. And they are very different. Yeah, well, and they're meant to be. Yeah, that is quite so, something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, that's actually really interesting to see them that different um, from, from, well, same beekeeper. They, they may be from completely different parts of the island. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. so it's the umbrella of, of mm -hmm. these Again, it's, it's, all down to, it's all down to what, they, what they're feeding on. Yeah, and obviously you've, you've travelled a little bit in your mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. How does it differentiate from home, our Isle of Man honey, and, and back where you're from? Well, I'm back from the from the UK, but uh, originally, but uh, I was uh, most recently in the United States, in in Washington State, and there, typically, we have huge varieties of flavors in honey, just because of the, you know, there's a, it's a big agricultural state with a lot of monocrops, so you get a lot of um, varietal honeys, um, and they taste exceedingly different. And it's just because of you know, the, the, the area and the, the variety of vegetation and things, um, you get quite distinct and, and different tastes. Yeah, um, yeah. And with it being sunnier, are they more generally different from here? Because we have very, very strict four seasons, don't we, in a way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we, we had, 
I don't know about four seasons, but we certainly had one very long winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't uh, going to mention the winter. <laughs> yeah, um, where you don't get much of anything. You just have you're basically just resting to keep your your bees alive. Yeah, um, absolutely. But um, no, the climate's very. I mean, and and depends. You know, in, in, for example, in Washington State, the west the west of the state uh, along the Pacific Ocean, the climate and vegetation everything is completely different from the eastern side where the eastern side is sort of high desert um, and a lot hotter much much hotter in summer and much much colder in winter I see. Um, yeah. and that again affects the, the things but you know um, washington is a huge um, fruit growing area too so there's a lot of you know, um, different varieties that you get just based out of coming out of the, the, the orchards which are all very large yeah so. So, well, anyway, I better let you get back to your judging. This is uh, no mean feat by any stretch, and good luck. Well, Gwen Kelly, you're always not too far away from these uh, honey and beekeeping events. A big show tonight, Gwen. Yes, we've got lots of entries this year. There's um, everything from mead, candles to honey and cakes so we've got a lot of entries here tonight and it is really lovely isn't it the whole hall is decorated with produce it must have been a bumpy year some beekeepers have had a very good year yes and lots of honey of all different different types are you saying different types there's many many classes here tonight Gwen yes there's um, about a dozen classes of different honeys we've got the light medium dark honey we've got crystallized honey we've got chunk honey We've got soft set honey, uh, we've got heather honey, we've got oh, heather blend honey, wow. something for everybody. There really is. And Gary there is judging away tonight, uh, a man with lots of knowledge about the different types of honey. But you'd never think they'd vary so much, but they do, don't they? They vary from hive to hive in the same apiary. Depends where, where the bees have found pollen and nectar to gather from. The, the heather honey would be a, a lot more sort of heather honey rich, is, would it? No, heather honey is thixotropic, means it's gel-like. You cannot extract heather honey with an extractor. Okay. It has to be pressed out of the cells and um, then it's, if you look at it, it's like a jelly like it yeah, tastes very yeah. nice, so I could um, imagine. We have and from Laxey. It's one of our main beekeepers. Is lives in Laxey, and he he's got um, lots of honey in here tonight. Yeah, no, that's really lovely. And some of the more golden see-through ones, uh, they'd be different again. Oh yes, that uh, we don't know. Not never too sure where we get the light honey from, but it's it's beautiful honey. It really is. I, I wouldn't like Gary's job at all. But uh, his good lady Susan is here to, with us tonight too. Gwen, she's judging the other sections. Susan, how have you found it tonight? Uh, there have been some lovely entries. I have tasted some very nice cakes and biscuits, and especially some nice jams so it has there have been a lot of very good entries tonight and this is it i'm looking at some of the cake entries there the recipes had to include honey yes yes that's for the cakes um i thought the jams had to include honey but gwen says no they don't yeah, require that the jams are made yeah. with honey yeah. because it is much more difficult to make a jam with honey it's harder to get them to set ah, i see i see and um obviously now the results are, are sort of uh kept under under the hat till, till, tomorrow. till tomorrow but yes. when this radio program goes out it will be after the event so what has your favorite been tonight season oh i don't think i can pick a favorite <laughs> <laughs> there, there was nothing bad yeah that's yep. it was sometimes difficult to choose between 
because there was nothing bad entered. Yeah, yeah. And Gwen, what would be your personal favourite? I know you enter many things in these competitions, in the summer shows and these kind of shows now. What do you particularly like? Uh, the Greek honey drizzle cake was oh, absolutely delicious. Really? Yes. That sounds really good. <laughs> it, it, it is very good. I didn't make one myself, no. but we've tested three of them and they're all very nice. Yeah, and, and that is it, having that little bit of difference, isn't it? And we, I suppose we'd be partial to a ginger cake. Would it be quite similar? Um, no, no ginger, with cinnamon in it. Oh, right. And then um, the honey and sugar and water are boiled and then poured over like a, like a lemon drizzle cake, yeah, but yeah. with using honey. Yeah, my word. And what about the mead? There seems to be quite a strong entrance in this class. I do believe it's quite a popular one. Uh, yes, it's... Um, there's, what about 10 entries there this year and all from different uh, different producers so and how would they go about making that because obviously it's a bit bit more tricky isn't it uh, it is i've never actually made mead but yeah. if you have honey that's fermented yep. that's the start of it and you let the honey and add it to water and let it ferment and then add yeasts yeah it's essentially like making beer with yeah. honey instead of hops or whatever yeah yes. yeah and it'll take quite a long process susan um you know we've made it in the past but i yeah. honestly can't remember i think it's several months yeah yeah my word and out of these um lovely lovely pieces behind us susan the, the wax works they are absolutely stunning a few soaps and and lotions oh, the soaps i i have so far only tried the polishes which are lovely but yes i i do like the beeswax lotions and things they're usually very nice but they have such good health benefits don't they you know honey is so underrated so, yes they do they are supposed to be better for your skin and better for your body so yeah. yes and how does our british honey hold up against or, or manx honey should we say against the manuka honey it has you know very very popular and sort of like the medicinal side of things uh, Manx honey, they have tested British honey and it's just as good as Manuka honey. Excellent. Um, um, yeah, the Manuka is really, it's a flavour. It's a flavour. It's ah. a flavour. Um, eucalyptus honey is one of my favourites, made from eucalyptus flowers, and it's a very strong flavoured honey. Yeah, And a lot of people who have not grown up with it yeah. do not like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> and honey that's made from buckwheat flowers I think is absolutely foul but there are people who love it yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's another one that's very very strong flavored yeah. to me it tastes like old tobacco but really as yes. strong as that wow. oh yes yeah yes it's hard to believe these little creatures can travel so far and gather and, do and just such different things yeah and change it around and the same bee if they collect from a different plant the next time will make a completely different honey Wow, it's well, not I that never. the same bee makes the same honey every time. It's what they collected the nectar from that makes the honey. Jeez, this is so <laughs> impressive. And without them, well, the world would be certainly a different place, Gwen. Certainly would be, yes. Absolutely. Well, I'd better let you ladies get back to the judging. And, uh, yeah, I think we've got uh, a great show here, haven't we? We have, we have. We've got honey there from eight new beekeepers. This is the first time that they've actually exhibited so wow. we'll see tomorrow who's... Um, that is just fantastic, yeah. isn't it? And especially with COVID and all of the situations we've had, maybe a little bit of time at home has realised that these kind of uh, jobs, whatever you want to call it, are just so enjoyable, great hobbies to be involved with. It certainly is. And how can they get involved in you again, Gwen? Uh, if you contact the... We've got a website, Alaman Beekeepers Federation, 
you can log on to that. We have a course that's starting in January, but there's 45 members, people enrolled on it already, and so we've had to close the books because oh, wow, we can only take fantastic. that many. So um, just keep keeping getting in touch isn't it yeah but that just shows people are showing a real interest in in basics and nature and, and wildlife again they certainly are yes yeah. yep lots of new beekeepers so it's just good that was gary and susan clue it there the judges for the honey show this year and gwen kelly a, a very uh, popular person within the beekeepers conventions yeah good to hear about the mead there and it was a uh, a whiskey sort of honey mead that went for quite a considerable amount at the Melior as well. well so very popular. Absolutely. So it's very strong and uh, it does uh, whisk away the uh, sore throats or anything as well. It's got that medicinal ability. So there's a good excuse for a tipple. It certainly is. But getting near uh, Christmas now, we'll be finding out some bits and pieces from what's available and what's going to be happening over the Christmas. So if you've got anything uh, to plug, let Kiri or myself know. Leave a message at Manx Radio or uh, email countryside at manxradio.com or you can download the podcast for free we can hear the interviews in full and we're back next Tuesday at 6 so see you then from me Simon Clark and me Kerry Kermode bye 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 bye